Welcome to the Dirt Bike Burrito Podcast. My name is Jeremy and this is the Burrito Bite Series. We're going to have small episodes for you, the burrito crew. Now we know that traveling is a bit hard and we're not doing as many long distance drives, some of us. So these episodes are a nice 15-20 minutes with industry experts, organizers, riders, and I guess just a whole range of people that are interesting. Plus, Alex and I sit down and have a quick chat amongst each other. And in this episode, we're talking to the two legends from the Kalgoorlie Desert Race. Uh, they're the organizers, the the planners, the madmen behind the event, which just happened to run very recently. Make sure you go over and check out the Kalgoorlie Desert Race social media pages because they have done an absolute awesome job with an amazing event. Go check them out. That was awesome to talk to them. Hopefully, we can get over there next year and ride it or race it. That would be the goal. But who knows? You know, we're at Delta COVID. It, could get to x-ray covid by the time we get there so as always thank you so much to our supporters bnb off-road grassroots hard enduro whole shot graphics on point motor suspension adventure on store great mountain extreme and pulse media thank you for your support make sure you continue to send our questions in this is burrito bites will run through pretty much for the rest of the year so go uh, go send us those questions those topics we'll keep chatting and then hopefully next year we're going to bring you some awesome guests we already have lined up plus a sneaky guest between now and then anyway so as I always say, now you're out of lockdown, keep riding and stay safe. Cheers. Easy, yes. All right, here we are, back with the podcast. I'm Jeremy, and I'm with the Kalgoorlie Desert Race Committee, drug smugglers. I don't know how I, I don't know how to introduce you boys. You don't know how to do it. So who, uh, who do I have on the phone here, mate? you got Dylan, mate, uh, taking over this year as El Presidento. Oh, there we go. And uh, Ben taking over as uh, Vice President this year. Oh, boys, how are we? Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you very much. Good, mate. Nice and busy. Yeah. You... Race week, you know what it's like. Mate, it's, it's getting bloody... Well, it's close. Yeah, I mean, obviously when this comes out, it'll be afterwards. But uh, I, th- I thought we'd just kind of catch up with you, talk about the race. I mean, uh, you're creating such a jealousy over here from the East Coast because you guys get to race and get together and hang out with actual friends. So let's, uh, let's before we talk about the race, let's go back and, and get some information on how it even started and where it actually is because a lot of people probably don't even know where Kalgoorlie is. Kalgoorlie, we're about six hours east from Perth. God's um, country. They call it. What's that? God's country. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, like some people don't like it being called the desert, but end of the day, it's it, you know it's red sand. It's the desert. Oh yeah, yeah. we yeah. love it. She's desert. So um, you know, for some people, it's a fair drive, but it's getting pretty big in town itself. A lot of local drivers, more cars every year, more bikes every year. Good. I guess it. I guess it's also because it's a mining town as well. You've probably got the money for the guys to be doing it out there as well. So it, that's always going to help build the sport. Yeah, and as a club, we've got um, you know a lot of infrastructure, and machines, and facilities all at our fingertips. You know, yeah. a lot of people keen to help out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I guess six hours is really not that far compared to us over here on the east coast, where we drive six hours really on a regular just to go racing from either up to Brisbane down to Victoria. It's it's quite a quite a long space but between races so six hours for for us isn't really that that long no nah, no nah, it's um oh, tra- traveling for us is pretty easy and, and i think for a lot of boys especially east coasters and that they're, they're so used to it as well but you know for us to really go anywhere we're, we're four hours from the ocean or six hours from the main city of wa so yeah and it's even think as well we've got a fair old crew who go across there and you know, a lot of us, it's a 22-hour drive or other people, they do it in three or four days. And yeah. there's a massive crew from Kalgoorlie that go every year. So it's second age to us. Oh, absolutely. But then, so how did the desert racing start in Kalgoorlie? 
So about, um, I think it was 20, 2015, around that area there, um, there's a bloke by the name of Gus Lacey who's still heavily involved, um, and Ian French, and they got together and decided to basically start a race out here in Kalgoorlie um, after Gus got into it a bit himself with um, driving cars and that. 2012, Gus went to Fink and thought, check this joint out. Yeah, right. Yeah. And we got the we got the perfect area for it. Um, yeah. yeah, we got sand and rocks and dust and dirt and all the usual stuff. So they sort of got together and did that and ended up actually um, coming up with a track out on a property just out of town. And um, it's just grown from there, really. Um, I was actually at one of the meetings. It's on my father's property, so... One of the stipulations was was that if they want to have a car race, then they can have bikes in the next few years. So right. they made it happen, and within three years, it was um, I think three or four years we were KDR, and it yeah, it just bikes evolved bikes and cars, and it's just grown leaps and bounds every year from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, think, I think the first year of the bikes actually, uh, Michael Burgess won the event. Yep. Oh, I don't think I know. I was there. Um, <laughs> yep. And then the year after that, um, the year after that was Sam Davy actually won the bike event, and it's you know, you know for the two people like come from over east, yeah, yeah, forty bi- uh, twenty bikes or 40, twenty or forty the first year, right? Okay, but it's just grown, you know, it's just gotten bigger and bigger, and I think up until this year we pretty much doubled our bike numbers every year. I think cars have grown what to uh, you know ten or so every year. Wow, that's awesome. And so has it always been the same track layout? Nah, so we began, um, Gus and I had a bit of a loop set up um, straight out of town from the Speedway area. Uh, once bikes got involved, it got pretty, it was pretty hard to, logistical nightmare to sort of get out of there with it being pretty safe. Um, so we moved out from there, went about 20Ks just out of town, um, found a nice little location and set up shop there. And it's, um, it's been the home of the, KDR for three twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen we moved there. Wow. So and that's been um that was sort of a bit of a it was a bit of a game changer for us that um it really changed the track layout, the way we ran the race, um everything was out there, facilities, the you know, it's gotten really big now. We've got like we've got we've bars, got bars toilets, big containers, toilet huts, showers, official hut, media hut. It's bloody wow. unreal, mate. Mate, like a full a full thing set up. Yeah, it's ready to rock and roll. Open the door to the bar, lift aside to every section and Don't. cold piss. So how many events do you have there a year? At the moment, it's only the Kalgoorlie Desert Race, which yep. is in October each year. Yep. This year, we were meant to have a side-by-side national round in September, but obviously good old COVID put an end to that. Yeah. And believe it or not, even though we're just talking about how good our facility is, next year we're actually moving. Um, to do with to do with you know ten years and getting our own lease for government grants and whatnot. Right. Yeah. The plan is once we set up properly, fully developed, we're going to have a club series. Nice. Nice. Run a few events. Run a few events a year, and then obviously the Kalgoorlie Desert Race will be our big show each year, being the last round of the state series for the cars. Yep. And the national series for the bike. Oh. Uh, national series for the cars also. Right, that's that's awesome. And so, do you have many issues with the overlay with the cars and the and the bikes because it runs so often? I guess I mean you'd have guys come out there and just ride during the week. Is that right? Do you have that kind of issues? Uh, yeah. So the actual because 
majority of the track except for for thirty Ks is all on is all on um the old man's property. It it's basically an active cattle station and quite a lot of mining tem- tenements and that all over it. Or oh, actually a whole lot's covered by it. Yeah. So it's it's just been ever since we started and moved out there, it's just been a blanket, um, no ride sort of facility. Right, right. Um, yeah, just unless we do like um, we do have open days and that. We this year we've stepped up quite a lot. We've also had a lot of busy bees and that, which is been enticing people to come out and actually put their time in and, and have a good time at the end of the day and go for a ride. Um, but just because of how much goes on out there, you just don't know where people are and that. But come weekend, we just shut the joint down and close some roads and away it goes. Oh, that's excellent. So it's not kind of like the thing where you have guys running up and down it all the time. It's it's kind of closed off until kind of the race week itself. Basically, yeah, you, you know, we, we do get to ride on it, being locals that, and, and having the um, and being out there and working. But as such, like a, a think sort of style, what people are probably used to that are going to listen to this, where you, you can rock up and just practice the track for a couple of weeks, which we all do. Um, yeah, that's not possible over here. Uh, um, it, it's just a logistical nightmare and, and too much of a worry. If um, yeah, we we got cattle everywhere out there, and yeah. plus yeah, just you'd just be too hard. No, I guess so. I guess also that helps a lot with track maintenance and, and kind of keeping everything together for Big Race Day because that's one of the big issues with Fink. It gets whooped out and, and rutted out real bad because people can pre-run it for so long beforehand. Uh, I guess it also kind of keeps the play field a, a lot more level because people can't go out there and do a whole bunch of pre-running and, and training and learning the track. They kind of rock up on, on race week and that's it. Yeah, pretty much, mate. Even ourselves, like a couple of us locals, myself, I'm a shocker. I get out there, I forget the track. We just, <laughs> other than going out and doing a bit of track work or this and that, a um, few local mobs mark the track. You just, yeah, it pretty much gets untouched for near 12 months from event to event. Right, okay. And so how long is the track itself? 125 k's. Beautiful. That's a that's a good we, track. Yeah, we run, and it's loop to loop. So it makes it a lot easier. You get there to the campground, the pit area, and you set up, and you set up there for the whole weekend. Yep. You got prologue. I'll give you a bit of a rundown this this year's structure. So Thursday night is well. Thursday they open the track for recon, registered vehicles only. Yep. Thursday afternoon is scrutineering and the street party. That's held in town at the race course. Yep. And we've got FMX display, merchandise, food stalls. You know, jumpy castles for the kids. That's yep. a yeah, plenty of beer. Um, <laughs> that's a free to attend event. Jumpy castles and beer, perfect. Yep. Perfect, yep. You know, the, the, the grown-ups love it. <laughs> and then um, that night, we, you know, pack it up, head out to the track. Friday morning is a bit of a briefing, then it's prologue to the bike, prologue to the cars. Then we have another FMX display. And then Friday night, we actually do a top 10 shootout for the cars under light. Oh, awesome. So the car, you know, we go out to the lighting towers just on the, the sharp corners, and then the cars run under their own light to a, to a bit of a mini track. Top ten, mate. That's insane. Live music, live music in front of the bar, mate. It's it's, it's really spectacular. It's a it's a, seems and like then, a full festival weekend. Oh, mate, it's huge. You know, it's, even if you're not racing, it's such a fun weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And um, come Saturday, it's bike flat one, cars lap one, bike flat two. Yeah, I Sunday, that, yeah. cars lap two, bike flat three, cars lap three. It's, it's full weekend. So why is it stagnant like that? You know cars and bikes with different laps and uh, yeah, different amounts on different days? Uh, over the years, we um, 
we learned that with the cars going out on the track, they were fairly well destroying it. Yep. Um, and, and running laps, mate, it, it just started getting a bit too harsh and um, too many real sketchy spots out there for a lot of the bikes. Yep. Um, and especially with the bikes doing, like just for instance, our bikes are doing, um, you know, they're a couple of minutes off the cars on lap time-wise. So I think the quickest lap, which was last year, was um, on a bike with an hour and 14 minutes and it's 125 kilometres. So Jesus. you're fairly, fairly well going. So yeah. um, over the couple of years, we just decided that uh, we'd keep the bikes off the track for as long as possible. Um, and that's just the layout we sort of come to to make it safer for the bikes and let the cars finish on yeah. the uh, on the rougher part of the track. No, that's that's a great idea. I think that's that's exactly what it needs to happen with with the cars and bikes. If they want to share the same track, you've got to you got to keep the track together as much as you can for the bikes. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So, like, we were run first on um on Saturday morning at seven o'clock, and about all you got to worry about is a bit of sun, some roos and cattle. Um, but we got choppers there. Um, and they six choppers this year. Yeah, oh. so like they will they will take off first thing in the morning, probably about five o'clock. Um, and he knows the station right at the back of his hand as well. So he flies that track from start to finish, pushes whatever is out there out the way. And generally over the weekend, mate, they sort of push the cattle away and it's pretty good. We don't have too much to worry about. Yeah, right. Mate, that's, it's intense to think that there's still just roaming cattle around these tracks. You're flying down a, some dirt, dusty road and just a, a mob of cattle just fucking stroll out in the track. Yeah, it happens quite often. But um, luckily race weekend, I think... Um, a couple of years ago, there was a couple out there, but they got shoot off pretty quick from the first bike. Yeah, um, yeah. But other than that, you, you don't usually see them over the weekend. So there's just that much going on and that much noise that they just bugger off or they just sit tight. Yeah, no, well, absolutely. And, um, I mean, you've had some huge names as well to come out there. Obviously, the East Coasters came and won it, so you guys spread COVID, so you'd keep it to the West Coasters and you couldn't get any of us to come over and, uh, and keep the title coming our way. But you've had some, <laughs> you've had some great names come and do the race itself. Yeah, so um, obviously you've spoken, I'm pretty sure, to uh, Michael Burgess. He won it the first year. Um, After that, had um, Sam Davey come over. Uh, He won it and then was on on par to win it the following year and had a DNF. Um, And then, so this year, uh, we got Lukey Hayes. He's going to arrive in probably the next hour or two. Um, Jackie Simpson, he was... Uh, he was on the list as well. Um, COVID stuffed that up. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there has been a few from over there. A few local hard charges as well. Yeah, that's right. We got we got a lot of um, good local boys as well. who we were pretty quick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, different ball game over here too. You know, like some of those boys have come over from Pink and they're sort of top twenty or top fifty, and uh, they sort of don't even make the top ten. A couple of them. Yeah. So right. it, it's a completely different race. Um, but on the car side of things, I think this year we had a fairly good list of people coming too, but COVID's, COVID's blowing that up. Yeah, right. We're currently, about, currently sitting at 68 cars, but honestly, mate, if we get 60 to 65, we'll be wrapped. Oh, mate, that's still a huge number just, just in the small bubble that you guys have. It's, it's an awesome amount of people to still be able to race and ride. Yeah, we're yeah. Still, still sitting at 205 bikes. Oh, what a number. But... Uh, we will see. You know, the whole we're aiming. We shut it off at two hundred. Yeah. And when we when we opened entries up, I think we hit that in twenty four hours. Yeah. Which is pretty big for us. Absolutely. Um, nothing compared to things, but for us, it's a pretty big achievement. So we're we're aiming to have that two hundred on the start line, but we'll see how we go. 
mate, logistically, 200 riders on the start line, especially, you know, mid-COVID for the East Coast, is, is huge. It's a huge thing for West Australian motorcycling as well to be able to get those numbers all the way to Kalgoorlie. Yeah, it's massive, mate. And running that, that number of bikes with a decent number of cars as well, mm-hmm. um, two, two different sort of, you know, they're a bit different rules and a few other things. It's, it's pretty big. Yeah, no. Do you get quads as well or is it just two-wheel bikes? Yeah, 20, 20 quads, I think, this year. 22. Quite a big oh, turnout. Mate, that's awesome. So, yeah. Well, it's, it's good you have he, diversity. Two ladies amongst the crowd, too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, well, absolutely. There's always going to be those flying girls in the in the pack, so it's even better to know. With with, I mean, it's, I don't know how the question is going to go with you guys, and we always can delete it out, but has much changed after last year's Fink for you? Yeah. Well, this year's we, Fink, sorry. This uh, year's Fink. We've... We've looked at things a bit differently. Yeah. And we've definitely put out a lot more bunting. Yeah, yeah. A few more signs, but, you know, other than that, our track's a lot different to think. You don't get people lining up all alongside our track. It is barely through the middle of nowhere through the bush. Yeah. There are a few spots we, we direct the spectators, and this year, you know, we're definitely putting more officials out there. Yep. We sort of started the event like that as well. Um, Things really good. Like I've ridden it myself a few times now, and I love the fact that when you're riding out there, there's always someone out there. Yeah. Um, and, and you know it's a great atmosphere. And, and I tell you what, it's about the only thing that gets you home some days. Yeah. But it, you know, our track's a bit shorter and that, and it, and it comes back not on itself, but um, comes back around to the same place. So. The idea was we had people out there driving around in such a small area. There's only certain tracks in that out on our property where um, where you, they won't come into into play with the track while we're racing. Mm. So if once again it's just got a, a blanket, there is no camping elsewhere, and the helicopters will sort of check that and make sure that's all good. Yeah, right. Um, and and that's why we directed people to, and and that's why we got such big infrastructure at the um, start finish line is to try and draw people into that area. So. Like that's on live streaming, which will be on as well, plus um, a big screen TV there and everything. So it's a, we're trying to really draw people to the areas um, to, to create a massive atmosphere to keep them there instead of wanting to go out bush and, and sort of just be in the way and, yeah, yeah. you know, possibly getting harm's way as well. No, absolutely. I think that's going to be always the, the downside to desert racing is because you guys travel such big distances, you always can only set yourself up in a very small place to you know get one or two glimpses of the cars coming through so if you can make a hub for everyone to go to watch a live stream and see their cars race around outside of where they're, they're viewing i think that will definitely keep a lot of people safe and a lot of people centralized yeah that's right the, the track's actually set up a little bit too so when we take off um you know the first let's say the first bike or car or whatever it is um you'll probably see that car back within 10 15 minutes and they come, they come back through a few times. Oh, actually, right, quite yeah. a lot for spectators. Yeah, so yeah, nice. we're on a little bit of a rise. So you can sort of see that, and um, and then they head out. But by the time they've head back out again, you've sort of seen the last sort of bit of action. You're not far away from having um, the first car or bike come back in. Right. Oh, so, man, that's awesome. Yeah. So you're not you're not really you don't have a big period of time where you're not sort of seeing something. Yeah, right, right. The you jump, you burn, you see some whoop, bit of a whoop section you see from the bar. Yeah, it's pretty good for spectators. Mate, that's that's perfect. That's exactly what you need for off-road racing. I think that's uh, that's perfect, especially if you can do it for the cars and the bikes. It's not just uh, one one kind of you know, genre of, uh, of entertainment. you got it all right there from the bar, which is the main important thing. 
that's the one, mate. You go to a few other places around and you see, you sort of see the car take off and then you don't see it again for half hour, hour, however long the track is. So it's pretty cool to see him come past. It's good for the family, it's good for the kids. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, look, um, look, it's super exciting. So what can, what can like, I guess th- this race is already done and dusted. It's locked in. You, you guys are, you, you, you're almost there. Race week. What can everyone expect from next year? If you say you're moving, what can other bigger and better things that you know the Kalgoorlie Desert Race is looking forward to? Um, I think next year it's going to be a big year for us to do the move and that. But I think layout-wise, we've got to really concentrate on what we've already built and make it better, if not on par. We've learned from what we've already done, what works, what doesn't. Yeah. Um, don't let too much out of the bag, but no, oh, one, come thing, on. one thing we get um, hammered for every year is can spectators camp at the start line? Can spectators camp at the track? And yeah. you know, it's, at the moment, it's competitors and pit crew only. So that that's the big thing on our checklist is to, to set up a big spectator camp area. Yep. And yeah, just make it bigger and better, mate. No, I mean, that, yeah. oh well, look, just the atmosphere and that keeping all that out there for them as well. Um, you know, we don't want to we don't want to lose on what we've what we've got out there and how good it is to to sort of you know dumb it down. So hopefully we can keep it going and and make it better if anything. No, oh, absolutely. I mean, you boys have managed to grow grow it. I mean, as you said before, we got two hundred and five motorbikes. If anything, and that's just from WA. We haven't got the East Coast guys coming over who are desperate to ride ride and race. So I think uh, you do you're onto a great thing. And if you can secure a a site and make it a, a bigger and better thing for spectators and riders. Oh, you guys are you guys are set. Yeah, well, that that's always been the plan. So we, we never really ever planned on moving until a few things got brought to light this uh, this year, sort of towards the end of last year, where um where you know without owning our own um, bit of land or having a lease, uh, we just can't get any um you know any any funding from people like Lot- Lotteries West and um and the government and stuff like that. Right. Um. Not sort of saying that we need it, but it's, um, you know, we, we've grown this event pretty well with all the help and all the people that have been involved. Um, but it's always good to have it there, and, and it's probably always good to have something of our own, yeah, um, of especially for the future and, and stuff like that. At least we know it's ours then, and, and we've got something that we can, or that we're always work, working towards. Yeah, and you just make it one of those premier events. You just make it like a Fink or a Hatter. You'd just be on the on the calendar for everyone. Well, I reckon we consider ourselves taking the Fink. Car bike event, yeah, I, I think so. It's, um, we haven't really had any bad um, bad reviews as such about it. It's um, battled COVID the last two years. It's, yeah, yeah. You know, Australia's only desert race last year. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's so, a big claim. That's a huge claim. Yeah, yeah, but it's um, it, it's definitely gone leaps and bounds. And, and a lot of the people when you talk to them, um, you know, for blokes like Sam to want to keep coming back, it. You know, he's all the way in Victoria. Um, and then you get the, the lots of sort of um, Jack Simpson and a few other boys. And um, I know this, um, I know Jake Smith's been talking about it for a few years as well. It obviously, and, and quite a lot of top car guys as well have been looking at coming over. It's, it's obviously, um, you know, embedded into people a bit that this is a, a really good event and something to mark on the calendar Australia-wide. So if we can keep pushing for that and uh, make it bigger and better, then... You know, that's the plan, is just making something really good. Oh, absolutely. Without COVID, mate, watch this space. It's going to be huge. Without COVID. In 2026, when COVID's not around, we'll be, we'll be in WA. <laughs> yeah, 
That's oh, the one. Hopefully next year. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Hopefully next year. Well, look, <laughs> look, boys, thanks so much for your time. Good luck this weekend racing. And, uh, look, we're super stoked that you guys are actually going to be able to do it. Uh, super hope, you know, excited to be able to watch it on a live stream and just potentially get over there. So congrats, boys. You've done an absolute awesome job. And I uh, yeah, can't wait to see the action unfold. Cheers, mate. If you um, get on our Facebook page over the weekend, it'll be all live streamed. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it. So where, where can everyone Watch some see some of the action? Yeah, on on your Facebook. So I'll just go check that out and uh, yeah, keep up to date. And we can all just sit there and dream about riding bikes again. Yeah, <laughs> nah. Thank you very much. We yeah. appreciate it. No Thanks, always. buddy. Cheers, buddy.